This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Hey, listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami, available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Are you looking for him to make a mistake, or, or what are you hunting there? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking for. Maybe that pitch? Are wow. you serious? Wow. Dude, that's unbelievable. That's Hold Alex, on a that, second. That's the Alex Bregman video we were talking about I'm, from 2017. I believe that what Alex Bregman just said defines the word to a T, brazen. <laughs> I, I was going to look up brazen, but I'm pretty sure that if you look up B-R-A-Z-E-N, okay. he is brazen. Hold on. Real quick. Let's, let's bring Sage into this, too. It's time for some Sage. Bold and without shame. Sage football wisdom, and you can find Sage with us every Thursday at 4.30. And so, Sage, I don't know how much you've kept up with this baseball cheating scandal story, but let's play this audio again. So this is, as of today, Alex Bregman, one of the best players in baseball, has been accused of, in 2017, wearing a buzzer wire under his jersey that a video guy in the clubhouse or in the hallway of the Astros dugout will press a button and he'll get a buzz on his chest if it's, let's say, a curveball. So this is a reporter after a big postseason game in 2017 asking Alex Bregman, so, uh, you know, what uh, on that home run you hit, what were, what were you looking for on that at-bat? Are you looking for him to make a mistake or, or what are you hunting there? Um, I don't know. I don't know what I was looking for. Maybe that pitch. (laughs) And you can hear other Astros players on the podium giggling. Giggling! This is so brazen! Including the guy sitting by him. It's amazing. I uh, am more thinking about that they would use the word hunting. I think that's sort of interesting. It's a bad I've never heard that before. What are you hunting for? Yeah, well, hunting for... What are you hunting for? I don't know. I guess that pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it sounds like that was... um, it was sort of right out in the open. You know, it was almost like they were challenging, uh, you know, Major League Baseball or whoever uh, to catch them. And they just didn't think they were ever going to get caught. And, and uh, you know, they probably been do that for years. And then you get to a point where you just don't think it's ever going to come back to haunt you. And it looks like uh, a lot of people are going to go down for this. And I think, I think it's good. I think it's important uh, when you have these things in sports or, or whatever, you know, some sort of corrupt act against the rules that uh, is, you know, makes the situation unfair. And, and uh, you know, I, I always feel like when I played football, you know, when I played sports in high school, uh, you know, I didn't take probably more than a, um, a protein shake when I was playing football. Maybe I should have taken all the supplements <laughs> and all these things. But, you know, I just didn't want to do all that and, and much less, you know, take human growth hormone or whatever it might be. So, uh, you know, I think there are certain aspects. Yes, there's these traditional. But listen, I was constantly looking over at the other team's sideline trying to steal signals. That's a part of the game. Same in baseball. But this is a whole different thing where, 
you know, I'm a quarterback on the field and I, you know, have a guy behind their bench who's seen what the signals are and then relaying to the quarterback. I mean, it's something sort of like that. It's a huge advantage if you know what is coming up next in football and baseball, whatever, uh, to be able to anticipate to what it's going to be be the next pitch or the next whatever it might be is a a huge advantage uh, in pretty much any sport. That that soundbite right there it reminded me of like a mobster, like being asked about somebody who disappeared. He's like, "Hey, I don't know. He was here yesterday. He's not here today. Where do you want from me?" But Sage, is, is this is this on the same level? Do you think, or 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 worse than what the Patriots got caught doing and probably have successfully done countless times before that earlier this year with the Bengals? Well, you know, this thing with the Bengals this year, that was just odd to me. Like, I don't know. But obviously before, uh, I don't know if it was the, the, um, when they beat the Rams and they had copied a walkthrough, like the day before, I mean, that is, that's, you know, very much, to me, that's, that's sort of like this. I mean, that allows you to anticipate, that allows you to put, put your best foot forward. No, in baseball, knowing you're going to have, a, say, an off-speed pitch and to be able to wait on that and then just tee off on it, uh, I mean that is that's a huge advantage to have and and yeah that, to know what the other team's plays are uh, at least early in the ball game or what's their first third down that you know it's amazing what you can get in those those early walkthroughs because that's what teams do they want to walk through those first plays so you have that opening script so you don't screw them up yep. so there's no questions and to perhaps somebody tape that man that is uh, to me is, is about as bad as as you can get in the NFL so Sage when this stuff comes out we in the public are always astounded and disgusted and we can't believe that there's cheating and blah 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 but when you played or e- even now being somebody who is inside the game you talk to players you talk to teams you played for teams how much and I'm, I'm not saying identical to uh the baseball thing but like with the patriots how much is there concern that you guys don't necessarily talk about because there'd be no real reason to make it public but how much concern do you think there is in football about certain ways of trying to cheat that it, we in the studio might not even think about but players or coaches with teams certainly do yeah you know i don't like, as a player, there really wasn't much way to cheat. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I don't remember any coaches. I mean, the most you ever really see is, you know, uh, you know, your quarterback's coach might say, hey, I, you know, I, I called there whoever coach on the staff yesterday. We talked a little bit, you know, and I think that that's a regular thing, you know, when, when, when these coaches who have known each other for decades sometimes and they're going to play each other, they have a little conversation. And it's always, you know, make sure you get a little bit more than you give, you know, type of scenario there. But, uh, uh, yeah, but that that was just, you know, that's just sort of friendly, you know, competition trying to trying to find some sort of leg up on your opponent, but not to where you're going outside some sort of rules or taping something or, or you know, the, the, the deflation of the football. It's like, that's a real thing. I, you know, people can say what they want. You know, Aaron Rodgers could throw, uh, you know, a sock that's frozen 55 yards on a dime probably. It doesn't really matter with him. But with a lot of quarterbacks, the, you know, the, 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 the deflation of the football, it, it makes a big difference. I threw, I always wanted a ball that was a little bit more deflated. If I could deflate it another couple points or whatever, that would have, I would have been a better quarterback, in particular in the cold at the end of the season. I mean, that really does make a difference. And so to me, that was very obvious cheating. Uh, but, uh, you know, the NFL has to decide what they can and cannot crack down on and what's really worth it. And, and I, I actually don't think there's that much cheating in football. Uh, it, I think it's just sort of there's not a there's not a ton of things you can really cheat on because the game itself is pretty much you know, sort of is what it is. Well, it's a good thing that the ball just deflates itself in the cold, according to uh, Bill Belichick studies. Then, Sage, right? 
Oh, that's right. That was part of that scenario, supposedly. So, well, we all know that. Uh, you know, there was a Seinfeld episode, I believe, on that where they went to the beach one time. I think it had something to do with lobsters or something. There was a. There was some sort of ball shrinkage uh, episode there. <laughs> One of my favorites. Go to the pool. <laughs> and because Jonathan loves to collect out of context clips on our show, you just got got. <laughs> well, that, that's the way it goes. So yeah, you know, I mean, I used to say, you know, shoot, Bill Belichick wins Super Bowls all the time, and he always says, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You know, I don't think he actually said that, but uh, I think there, there. You know, Everyone wants to push the envelope. I, m- I remember training with Drew Brees one time, and there's a guy that he works with in San Diego, and and it, definitely not into cheating, but he'll have this thing is always try to find an edge on your opponent. On the other quarterbacks, do it, always do something a little bit more, a little bit different to be in the more cutting edge of the science or what's the best workout or maybe I can do my, something with my throwing motion, but you know, how can I learn more about defense to anticipate? I mean, are, what are you doing today to give yourself a little bit of a sharper edge? Edge, uh, and to make yourself better and, and to give yourself an advantage. And, and some people really push that line. I think you know, guys like Breeze push that line looking for uh, something, but not something that's where you know, possibly could be illegal. Yeah. Sage Rosenfeld's with us here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami for some Sage football wisdom. And so we've, we've been looking ahead all week at the Minnesota Vikings offseason. And I, the, the theme on this show has been how do you go from good to great? How do you, whether it's in 2020 or if you have to take a step back to get there at some point, how do you go from good to great? And let's, let's start this conversation with Kirk Cousins because you did a, a great job on your Twitter account, Sage, just posting some film breakdowns and some different plays from the 49ers game. So can, can we start there and just let's start with the micro, which is what, what did you learn watching film of that Niners game? And specifically, what did you learn about Kirk Cousins' performance in that game? And then now that you've watched Kirk Cousins for two years as a Viking, how far do you think they can go with him as the quarterback? Well, that's a good question. You know, and, and if the team around him is really, really good, I think that Kirk Cousins is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's better than the guys like Trent Dilfer and some of these other guys. I mean, Rex Grossman got to a Super Bowl. I, I would take Kirk over him, you know, during that Bears season, but I don't think this. I don't know how this team gets that much better. They're they're in a tough sort of spot here. Yeah. I I get. I sometimes have little concerns of like, could this next season almost be that 2010 season, where it was like the year after, you know, the year after the almost or the whatever. Uh, you know, they're going to have to have some serious free agent decisions. Uh, they have some really expensive guys. They have some veterans with you know really big salaries, twelve million dollars, ten million dollars. Um, you know, guys like Linville who have been stalwarts in this defense for a long time. I, I believe he was about the 30th ranked defensive tackle, you know, nose tackle in the league, and he has a really a pretty high salary. So, are are some of these things going to start to change? And is you know, can they make the team better when they get rid of some really good but expensive players? Or you know, how do they feel? figure out the spot at corner with Xavier. My guess is he won't be here either. So there's, I'm concerned about where next year is going to be. And then when you have a quarterback who's really reliant on having this really good team around him, um, Dalvin Cook could get hurt, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, I do have concerns because Kirk is just not one of those guys that makes everybody way better. He just doesn't, like, raise the level of the, of, of the team. He doesn't when, – when they don't run the football, they don't win. I mean, that's just pretty much it. If they can't run the football, 
they can't really win. And that, that's what I have seen. Uh, you know, I, you watch all these playoff games, and, you know, of course, you got Pat Mahomes and, and, and some of these other quarterbacks, Aaron, uh, you know, even Garoppolo, the way he moves pretty good in the pocket. But, you know, the way these guys move around and, and when, you know, the pocket isn't good and they still get throws off and they still get completions off and they hit guys that are sort of covered, but they figure out a way to get them the ball. Kirk doesn't really do that a lot. If things are in rhythm and, and everything is good, he usually hits guys. But even in this game, you know, there were some shots down the field that I thought that were open enough that he should have made those throws. And they weren't super complicated plays. They, sometimes they were sort of tight throws. You go, yeah, I can see why he didn't throw that. But you know, then you go to the other side, Garoppolo makes the exact same throw. Say a linebacker is turned, he's running back, turned to the quarterback, running back, trying to get underneath some sort of crossing route. Garoppolo throws it because Anthony Barr can't play because he just played the run. On the other side, uh, he had a couple of those types of throws that uh, Kirk Cousins did and didn't pull the trigger, checked the ball down, got a nice completion for five yards, and those are good. It's important to you know, sort of keep ahead of the chains, as they say, and, and, and you don't want to have those completions, but you do have to make some chunk yard plays in the NFL. If, if you watch a football game of 60 or 65 plays on offense, and sometimes it's only 45 but and up to maybe 75, but usually it's around that 60 to 65 number. And then you got 65 on defense, you have special teams plays. There's a lot of sort of minutia plays in there, five yards and three yards and loss of two and gain of eight. But then you have these big plays, these 20, 30, 40 yarders, that you have to have those chunk plays. And he had some of those chunk plays in this playoff game. The Vikings already had sort of the work cut out with them with back-to-back games on a short week on the road and against the team with the bye. The quarterback has to make those big throws because it's just too hard to get guys open like that. It's hard in this league for Kevin Stefanski or Kyle Shanahan or whoever it might be to get people on a 20-yard dagger route where they can catch it and they can run. You can get 25, 30 yards. He had about three of those in this football game, and he's got to make those throws in those types of football games. And, and, and he made a lot of them this year, but not when it mattered most. And, and he got that big win uh, with that first playoff win. But the question is, how far can, can he take them um, if he is not a guy who can sort of create offense? Uh, because even that game, he, there was offense that was there that he didn't get. But there's times also you got to have a quarterback that can create offense when the left guard does get beat or the right tackle does get beat or there is no running game. There needs to be some games where we can say, yeah, we can win this. We can win a game with Kirk Cousins, even though we're not going to run for probably 50 yards. The Vikings can't do that right now. Those five plays aside, where where you point out on your on your Twitter timeline, there were plays there to be made for Kirk Cousins, and he didn't make them. Was there anything game plan wise or scheme wise? while you were watching and thinking that they could do differently? Because we all armchair quarterback at home, but you're actually a quarterback. I was sitting there going, I don't know that there's anything that they can do differently. It felt like I was watching a boxing match, Sage, where the 49ers just knew what punch was coming. They were ready to block and counterpunch whatever the Vikings threw at them. Well, you know, a couple of things. I, that was a good football game. You know, it wasn't like some blowout ended up being 17 points, but it wasn't a blowout in any way. It was a sort of grinded-out football game, and the the 49ers made those plays. They scored early. The Vikings counterpunched, and they just sort of kept, you know, scoring. I think that they were a fresher football team. 
uh, for sure. Obviously, the turnovers, uh, you know, hurt Minnesota uh, more than they did. You know, there, again, there's another play in the red zone where the Vikings basically went empty. They went five verticals, and I think if he just takes his footwork and reads the coverage right, I think he's got Stephon Diggs on a one-on-one on the outside. Uh, he doesn't end up throwing it, ends up being a sack, and I think they kick a field goal. But, you know, that's that's seven points versus three. And, and sometimes you got to have your quarterback play great, and you got to have him make those throws. Uh, and, said, and, and they didn't do that. So, you know, I, I don't think uh, uh, the 49ers did anything in particular. Yes, their defense was, you know, people like, oh, their offensive line got beat down, they got beat down. But, you know, not early in the game. I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job. And, yeah, you knew there was going to be three or four sacks in that game. But, you know, quarterbacks, you know, teams can give up three or four sacks and still win football games. And, and when they were behind and they had to throw, of course, that always exposes this offensive line's weaknesses. But I think early in that football game, if they would have scored more points early in that first half, uh, they would have had a real shot in the second half. Sage, if the Dalvin Cook camp comes to you in the next uh, month or so and says we're, we're going, or our client's going into the last year of his contract, he's not going to be compensated probably what he deserves. We want to talk about a Zeke-like extension. If you're Rick Spielman and the Vikings, what's your response to that? <sighs> This is something that I've been really mulling over. I'm sure you guys have talked about it a little bit, but you know he's he's their best player on offense. I I, you know, I think Stephon Diggs is a stud, and uh, but he is their best player on offense. He does. I mean, the Kansas City game, he he had a, he had 86 yards receiving plus all of his rushing. I mean, he he's one of their best weapons in the passing game too. Whether it's just checking down or whether it's you know screens, sometimes he's so valuable, and, and you can see there's a drop off when he doesn't play. Uh, he is one of the biggest playmakers this team has. He's so important. The, the quarterback is way better. The line is way better because of him, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. But he also, he does get injured. And there's this whole sort of philosophy is like, do you or don't you play quarterback? I mean, it's not working out very well for the Rams right now. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, the Cowboys, they didn't make the playoffs either. Uh, but, you know, the running game, I think, really, really is important. It's, it, it's interesting, the, the 49ers, who I believe are number one in the NFC in rushing, de- definitely in the top one or two, you know, they had the lightest line, and they have three or even four backs that they constantly use. I mean, they, I think Telvin, Tevin Coleman is their number one guy, but they, that Mostert and, and, uh, and, and Breda, I mean, but they're all small, fast backs, and they probably think, well, we're not going to pay either any one of these guys a ton, um, so I don't know if they go after you know and give them fifteen million dollars a year because it hasn't always worked out for a lot of other teams. Didn't help the Jets this year, giving Le'Veon Bell all that money. But you know, I I love Dalvin Cook as a player. I, I, I this Vikings team, he, he's very valuable to it. But if you know he gets hurt and they're they're you know spend another fifteen million dollars on a running back or a guy not playing very well, uh, which they did some too much of that this year, you know that'd be a real problem for the future. Okay, last thing for you here, Sage. Is it riskier to give Kirk Cousins at relatively the same price, if not more? Is it riskier for the Vikings to continue on for the next three to five years with highly paid Kirk Cousins? Or is it riskier to just eliminate yourself from a couple of potentially quarterback-rich drafts in 2020 and 21 where you could get your quarterback of the future? You know, I I see the I think the Vikings should try to draft a quarterback. You know, yeah. I think they're going to need some players defensively. They sort of loaded up on offense last year and had a fantastic draft. I mean, I saw some things out there like should the Vikings fire 
uh, uh, you know, their head coach and their GM. And I'm sitting there going, like, did you see last year's draft? I mean, those guys all played, played well, played a lot, um, and, and found, some, found some just good quality players in there and some really good players in there. So uh, I thought they did a really good job last year. They may need to go some defense this year, but I can see at the quarterback position, you know, do you think Kirk is your long-term answer? Are they really thinking signing him to an extension? Um, and, yeah, there's the aspect of, like, okay, let's just say we let him go. Well, then we might up with, you know, some crappy quarterback and we're starting over again. But, you know, Collar had an interesting point. You know, the Vikings with Ponder made the playoffs at 10-6, and six, all right? And the Vikings with Tavares Jackson made the playoffs, right? So, you know, is Kirk Cousins that much? Would You know, they didn't sign those guys to big, huge extensions, right? It was a more about the, the football team being really, really good. And I think the Vikings team this year was really, really good, and that's why they had, you know, so much success. But, yeah, yeah, of course you take that risk when you hope that – you have some young player or somebody else, but um, you know sometimes to to win the whole thing. That's the why. That's why you play it. You have to take those risks, and sometimes you fail. But I don't know if Kirk has enough with a football team that may not be better. Definitely going to be younger. Uh, I don't know if he's enough to get this team all the way over the top. That's Sage Rosenfels. He spent over a decade oh. in the NFL. Yeah, I, oh, I, we got to get the Rami question said quick. I, you said oh, I could I, ask this question. Did I, didn't I you? totally forgot about this. This is ridiculous. By so, the way. Sage, this is ridiculous. January twelfth at Sage Rosenfels eighteen, while Patrick Mahomes was making magic happen in a comeback against the Houston Texans, you, sir, quarterback <laughs> guru, tweeted out, "Trubisky could make these plays too." Too. Tell me it's true, Sage Rosenfels. Tell that is me true. it's true. Hacked. Obviously, you, <laughs> it is true. Are you one of those people that I have to hashtag a sarcasm to? Are you one of those people, or can you just read through it? I. <laughs> I mean, you got to realize Trubisky was the first quarterback drafted amongst those three. Maybe I just wanted to believe it so much, Sage, that I didn't. I didn't see the, the sarcasm. Next yet. time, I'll hashtag sarcasm for you. Damn you, Sage Rosenfelds. Damn you, sir. Bravo, Sage. Bravo. You got Grossman and Rami and Trubisky on the same. I got a whole bunch of people. People are like, are you serious? I was getting all types of... Uh, you got any uh, Cutler bashing you want to do here? You got Grossman. You got Trubisky. Let's go for the trifecta, Sage. Rumor has, it about Cutler, Cutler? Rumor has it Cutler is liked more than ever from this reality show. I've never seen it, but people just love him. They, they say he's hilarious. He's the only good is thing it? about that show. Yeah. Phil and I said we want a spinoff of that show. Just Jay. It's the best. Being the, the grumpy old man. Just Jay. Being the grumpy old man works great for a reality show. It doesn't work great uh, in front of eighty thousand people. No, so it's uh, you know good for Jay. The way it goes good for, yeah, good Jay. for Jay. Good for Jay. <laughs> All right, Sage. Take care, man. We'll talk right, next guys. week. Sounds good. Sage football wisdom here on <laughs> Mackie and Judd. <laughs> you're oh, so, am I still on? You're so yeah, you're still on. You're so hey, real quick, real quick. You're, you're, li- you're, li- you're live, though, so don't say anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Real quick, uh, I just oh. purchased my ticket today. I'm going to go down to Miami uh, Monday through Friday, so I'll Boom. do a little corresponding oh, nice. from the Super Bowl. Nice. So I'll talk to Eric from uh, Pro Football Focus. He's going to be down there. So I'm sure we'll have some some various things going on. Boom. Our, our, our journeyman correspondent. We'll talk to you from 85 degree Miami. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the trip. Yeah. Well, only a 110 degree difference. Yeah, you should today. be looking That's forward to it since we're stuck in this. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to Sage. Poor Rami. This is a bad, bad sports day for You're me. You're legit sad yeah, right this now. Base, baseball completely corrupt. Baseball's fraudulent. Sage Rosenfeld's tweet about Mitchell Trubisky, fraudulent. Like nothing. It wasn't fraudulant. It wasn't fraudulent. It was, yeah. He didn't read He's just mocking. Trubisky. Can I just go home? Can I? (laughs) 
I don't need this. <laughs> I didn't come Do we here need to put this. a wire on you for, and buzz it every time there's sarcasm coming now? Yes. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> let's get, let's crank it up 10 out of 10. That would be hilarious if this thing Actually. got outed because like someone pulled a prank and cranked up the buzzer to like electrocute Jose Altuve at the plate. That that's where we <laughs> that's where we we need the signal sarcasm, real sarcasm. We moved on from banging trash cans, guys. All right, this is Mitch, more sophisticated now. Mitch Trubisky is a franchise quarterback. Sarcasm. <laughs> All right, Rami's gonna kill us. <laughs> He's gonna start crying. I feel terrible. We're gonna come. We're gonna come back. I'm not gonna repeat no. it, but I just gave you a drop, Jonathan. If I you know. Were, if you I, go I'm writing it down right now, and I'm so happy about that drop. Thank you for that. Joe Maurer is gonna join the show shortly. When we come back here in about 10, 15 minutes. Also, the 20 year anniversary of a gateway game in the NFL, and more drops for Jonathan. So many in the past couple days. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.